Hi, my name is Rituja and this is Roti, Kapra or Makan, where we talk about the basics of life, food, clothes and the idea of home. Till today, in Roti, Kapra or Makan, we have collected stories of people who came to America when they were young. Today we talk to Jay who decided to make America his home after his retirement in India at the age of 55. My name is Jay Ram Sridharan. Uh, I'm 78 years now. My wife and I now live in uh, the Seattle area in the city of North Bend. Uh, one small aside about my name. The name given to me by my family is actually Sridharan. And I was known as Sridhar, Shri, etc. when I worked in India. My school college friends even call me, even now call me Sridhar. Many of my colleagues in ICI call me Shri. But after coming to this country, Sridharan became a tongue twister for almost everybody here. So Jairam is actually my father's name. But after coming here, everybody assumed that Jairam was my first name and started calling me Jay. So that name has stuck for the last 20 years. Jay's work took him mainly to Europe, but Jay's first trip to America was quite an adventure. That was in 76, even before the children came here. So that was my first visit to the US. I took a flight, Air India flight. Air India was offering some special fares those days. And so I took one of those flights and landed in New York with no money, of course, because <laughs> the Indian government used to give some $200 of uh, FTS or something. That's all I had. But anyway, uh, my sister-in-law was here. I had another friend who was in Syracuse at that time. Uh, he had been here for some years. So I borrowed some money from them and did manage to see quite a few places in the US. I had taken a visit USA ticket from India, which was available at that time. So I managed to visit uh, New York, Minneapolis, where my sister-in-law was, uh, Los Angeles, Disney, Disneyland, then uh, Las Vegas, uh, and a few other places before I went back to India. But that was a good experience, mm-hmm. yes. And after that, later years, uh, I, whenever I came, by that time, the son and daughter were already here in uh, studying. So whenever I came to London or Manchester, where our pharmaceutical headquarters was, I used to take an extra week or two weeks and then come fly over to US from there to spend some time with them. Also, you made use of that opportunity to do some additional sightseeing. I've been to uh, Disney World on one of those visits and a few other places. And I have traveled to South America again on business. That was, again, during one of my jobs uh, as part of the ICI Pharmaceuticals Division. So I've traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, within before coming and settled down here. Right. So, um, you know, for, for many of us, the first time we ever come to, to America, more than any, I think, other country in the world, I think America seems to be this very special place. Um, do you have memories of, of landing here? Yeah, absolutely, like, absolutely. Yeah. By 76, when I landed here, first of all, when I got into the plane, my brother-in-law knew people in uh, Air India, and he was a fairly senior officer, so I, I, he said, give me, give me your boarding card. So he took my boarding card and came back in 10 minutes, and it was a first class. He gave me a different boarding card, which was a first class boarding ticket. 
So I traveled first class all the way from uh, Bombay to New York, mm. although I had only had an econo economy class ticket. There were seats available, so they upgraded me. So that was an experience by itself. And when I landed in New York, uh, I was supposed to be received by a you know, friend, relative of a friend of mine. And the moment I got off from the aircraft and I started walking out, I was looking for the stairs to go down and go up. Nothing. I was just in the terminal already. So that was my first experience of an aerobridge, mm -hmm. which I had never seen before. And then, of course, when I came out, nobody to receive me. I was totally lost. Cars going whizzing past here and there. I didn't know how to contact that person. So I was just wondering, should I go back into the terminal, get a, you know, use my USA ticket to go to Minneapolis earlier than before <laughs> or should I just go try to see if I can get a ticket to Syracuse where my other friend was. Then suddenly one person stopped his car in front of me, opened the passenger door and said, are you Sri there? So then I knew, okay, this person has come. <laughs> and then of course everything went off all right as per original plan. Yeah, that was a good experience. With a green card in hand and both his kids in the U.S., Jay faced a choice as to where he wanted to be next. To stay in India and let his green card expire, or continue to visit his kids and grandkids as needed, or try to see if he could live and work in the U.S. He decided to go with the latter option and give it a try, to see if he could make a living in the United States. Having come here, we did see... Uh, whether we could, you know, get a job since we had already got a green card, but I drew a blank in terms of my experience being uh, not counted at all in this country, although I had worked for more than 30 years in India. And also I was kind of not very sure whether I wanted to stay in this country. So we, anyway, we stayed almost a year or more than a year. Then we went back. And when I went back, uh, we had almost decided not to come back and give up our green card, so to say. But over a lunch at Golf Club New Delhi, I met an old friend of mine who had worked with me in ICI. And we were telling him the story of our green card and how we have decided to just give it up and stay here. So he had left ICI and joined the Federation of Indian Chambers of Commerce and Industry, which is a leading chamber of commerce in India. So he said, hey, Shri, I'm looking for a representative to represent Fiki in Washington. Would you be interested? Since you have a green card, we can also you know, employ you without having to go through the hassles of L1s and so on. So we thought about it. The uh, compensation was nothing great, but enough for us to sustain ourselves. So I said, instead of New Delhi, which is 10,000 miles away from the kids, why not be thousand miles away or two thousand miles away from the kids. So we took up the challenge and came here. When you came here, had you already retired in India? Yes, yes. Okay. I worked in India in a British multinational company. When I retired, I was the chief executive of one of the divisions of that company. But um, in those days, British companies particularly had a retirement age of 55. So I retired in 93 when I had completed my 55th uh, year. Many immigrants to the United States find their credentials and qualifications questioned and devalued when trying to work. Jay was no exception. 
After being in a high-profile, high-prestige job in India, Jay had a hard time finding work of the same level here in the United States. I joined the college again, I attended classes, did exams, but I, I had a piece of paper finally that I had some kind of a degree from the US and that helped me in getting a job with the Marriott. So I joined Marriott and worked with them for about three, four years. Then after I completed my 10 years in this country, I decided, no, no, I've worked enough. I had worked, by that time I'd worked more than 40, 45 years. So I thought that was good enough. So I decided to call it quits mm -hmm. and retire. So I've retired now. One of the things that, uh, you know, I, I worry about my parents or uh, even, you know, grandparents is the sense of loneliness that comes with age. Do you ever feel lonely um, here? Got used to it, I think. Yeah, initially when we came to this country, I did. Uh, because uh, we didn't really have such a big social circle in, even in D.C. as we had in India. Partly, I think, as you grow up, it becomes more difficult to make close friends. You know, as you grow up, you know, each person develops their own uh, interests and nucleus, so make a really good friend. Even today, my good friends are those I made when even I was in the 20s, college, school. Even today, if I meet my friend I was talking about in Syracuse, he's now in uh, Irvine. I don't meet him, I don't see him, but suddenly one day if he comes here for a conference, I go, we just resume where we left off. That intimacy is very difficult at a later stage in life. So we wound down on social life. Initially it was difficult, but now I'm used to it. I'm quite capable of keeping myself busy without having to have anybody around. Yeah. Uh, but to some extent Seattle has been good for us because uh, both Preeti and Karthik have lots of friends here and as parents we get invited to some of their parties or many of their parties so we do socialize a bit but the youngsters, younger crowd. I don't know myself but my wife would say that when we went for a walk in Noida people used to ask her is that a Frenchman you've married because her passion is French. <laughs> so. So yeah, people used to mistake me for uh, a foreigner and very few would even think I'm from South India because I think even within India, uh, South Indians tend to be a little more dark-skinned than people in the north. So when I say that I'm from Tamil Nadu and I can speak fluent Tamil, very few people believe me, even in India. Did you ever take that to be an advantage or a disadvantage? It has been an advantage, I think. I don't know whether I should take it as an advantage, but I think it has been an advantage without my wanting it to be or meaning it to be. Home has never been important to me. I have lived in, so when we started in Calcutta, I think we had a three-bedroom house. Just the two of us, of course, later on the daughter was born. And in Kanpur, Delhi and all, we had small independent houses, two or three bedrooms. And finally in Chandigarh, I had a huge house, about 3,000 square yard, with an orchard, swimming pool, wow. two huge lawns, one in front, one at the back. Didn't have any impact on me as such. Mm -hmm. And when I got transferred to Chennai, nobody was with me. The 
two uh, children were in boarding school. She had, as usual, deserted me and gone off to France. So I was, one room I had as a paying guest, I was staying. And I stayed for about six, seven months. I never missed anything. Mm. (laughs) And what I need nowadays is a small place for my computer so that I can do my work and browse or whatever. Mm. So home has not been important to me. I love this place, yes. Yeah, but, great place. but there is no desire to have the biggest house or the most, uh, Never you know. Never uh, yeah. My, my father's house again was a huge place mm-hmm. in Chennai. That was, uh, I think, about 6,000 or 7,000 square yards. And it had room after room after room. <laughs> I think about 10 rooms in the main level and another four or five rooms in the first floor level, huge balconies, huge verandas. That's where I grew up. Nobody was there because my mother died very early mm-hmm. and my sisters had gone away. Only myself and my father and the servants. Wow. <laughs> Are you the only, child, only son? Only son, yes. Mm-hmm. I have two sisters, two, both elder to me. Jay's work as an executive in a multinational cooperation in India took him all over the world. But today, his home is in the Issaquah Alps, in the picturesque city of North Bend. Roti Kapra or Makan is produced by Studio Disha. Theme music by Mansoor Ahmed of Resonate Productions. Editing assistance by Daniel Gunthner. I am Rituja and thanks for listening to Roti, Kapra or Makan.